everyone. Thank you so much for joining us at the My Wim Life Show, where I interview entrepreneurs so that you can take their wisdom, humor, inspiration, and motivation and create the dream life you want. Today's guest is my friend Jennifer Browning. Uh, we met actually not in work-related at all. We just have some of the most incredible friends that run in the same circle. So I was genuinely excited to get to know her. It was actually really funny. I wanted to have a girls' retreat so bad. Uh, and we kind of knew each other at that point, but I had said, hey, who's excited? Who would like to go on this girls' retreat? Uh, we took, I think, eight or ten of us girls and uh, spent the weekend at a cabin together, and that's when we really got to know each other. <laughs> so, Jennifer, tell everyone a little bit about you. Yes, that is definitely the way we bonded completely. Um, <laughs> that retreat was amazing and, and opened up a lot of doors, I think, for us and, and a lot of good friendships. So, um, so I am a single mom. I have two kiddos. Um, they are my first priority in life above everything else. Everything I do, I do for them. Um, I love them dearly. Uh, I'm also a business owner. I'm the sole owner of Family Counseling Services in Meridian. Um, I've been doing that for about 11 or 12 years now. Um, I've been counseling since 2006. Although I don't do a whole lot of counseling anymore, I mostly run the business and then have staff that um, we send referrals to. Um, and yeah, I do take pride in my kids, my business, and my friends. And so I like it that you and I have crossed over in two of those areas. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, I, you know, in getting to know you, I would have never really thought that you were in that counseling realm like what what kind of led you in that direction yeah that's a great question so i was chatting with a girl um probably about 17 years ago um someone who has mentoring mm -hmm. and she was looking at me saying she was having thoughts of suicide and this was before counseling before anything um and i was looking at her thinking i want to tell you what to do or I want to help you and I really just don't have any idea of any of the words that I should be telling you right now and so it was that moment that led me to think I need to become a counselor um, and then that journey in order to become a counselor you have to have your masters so that journey led me to go get my masters so that I could go and become a counselor yeah that is awesome. And you said that was like in 2006 is when you really started counseling? Yeah, so 2006 is when I got my master's degree and I went into agency work for a year and then I went into private practice for a year um, with the goal of opening up an agency um, and I did that. And so um, in the state of Idaho, there's two levels of licensure for counselors, uh, licensed professional counselor and licensed clinical professional counselor, which normally takes you two years to get to. Um, and that was true. And I opened up Family Counseling Services as an LPC. And so that's something I'm a little bit proud of because there were some hurdles that I had to overcome not being fully licensed in Idaho. Um, but that was a, a really fun and interesting journey that really proved to me that I had a lot more strength than I thought I had. Yeah, the, all of the hard things always show us where our where our strengths really are. Very true. 
<laughs> so what what made you decide to go just from counselor into business owner because that's a that's a, actually a really huge leap that you take it's not it's not ingrained in most people most people have a passion for the actual work that they're doing but you really moved into the business world what was that catalyst like yeah i moved into that world very quickly um, in 2006, Idaho definitely did not have as many people as we have now. And in 06, I think there might have been one other counseling agency in Meridian. Um, and so what led me to become a business owner was um, as I went through agency work that first year and into private practice work that second year, um, it just kind of became apparent that um, that another agency could be supported by the city of Meridian. And honestly, I my trainings in counseling, not in business ownership, so I had no idea what I was doing whatsoever. And I often tell people, I'm glad I didn't know the journey ahead of me because I probably would not have chosen it. Um, but I am really glad that I went through that and I'm glad that I did not know what that journey was going to bring me because I'm really happy with how the journey went. I'm really happy with where I ended up. Um, I just did not realize how much work that was going to be. And the learning curve was huge. Um, and so then I just got motivated and I took a lot of side business courses and I got some mentoring and I read a lot of books and I had a lot of bumps in the road and there were a lot of tears. Um, and probably 10 years into it, I thought, okay, I. I, I feel like I'm actually a good business owner. I feel like I know what I'm doing. I have confidence in the decisions, but it was not without some people telling me no and me trying to figure out how to overcome that hurdle. And it was not without some pain and some mistakes that I made. And what was interesting about choosing to be a business owner is your mistakes are very public. Yes. Um, as a business owner with staff, so we have about 15 people on staff, so I employ 15 people. And the thing that I did not realize is when I made a mistake, um, it was very public because my staff would obviously know about it. So that was a really humbling experience. Um, and it really led me to uh, take each one of those people that come on as an employee of mine to take them seriously and to value them. And it's really, I've told my staff before that for every person that works for me, it is personal for me to have them work for me. So when I see their name on our staff roster, I think about times we've cried together or times we've laughed together or struggles we've gotten through. It is really personal for staff to come and work for me. Um, and if I think about it too long, it's a little bit, I don't take it lightly that people's paychecks are coming directly from the decisions that I make. And so all of that journey, I'm really proud about. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you brought up the fact that if you had known what was coming, you probably wouldn't have done it. Because I think almost every single <laughs> business owner feels exactly the same way. Like they tell you that it's hard and they tell you that it'll unfold in front of you and that you're going to have struggle. Like they tell you all that stuff. But I don't think until you go through that struggle that you really can have an appreciation for what it takes to get to a place of actual success. Things that you have to push through and go through and keep moving forward in spite of. 
All of that is very true. And I think had I had the insight of what was to come my way, I would not have chosen that. But I am so thankful I did not have that insight because I really love the journey looking back on it. I love my business. I love my staff dearly. Um, you know, a part of our covert mission, and I tell them this when they get hired, is staff cohesion is very valued at my agency. Um, but I, I don't regret the choice to open a business. I am just super thankful that I had no idea what that would entail when I did. <laughs> and, you know, to speak to this point, too, um, people that see what I've created and what a lot of business owners have created as overnight successes, can't remember where I got this quote from, but it rang true, is that people see us as overnight successes, but they don't realize we feed our success every single day, and it was not overnight. It was from us continuously feeding our business with our time and our efforts and our money. And, you know, sometimes we miss paychecks as the owner to make sure that the business runs, especially in COVID. Yeah. Um, and then it creates success. And so I don't think that there is any truth in anybody becoming an overnight success. They had ideas that were stewing in their brain. They had thoughts that they journaled about. They had, you know, people they consulted with. Um, I just don't think that there's anybody that actually created an overnight business. Business owners are consistently feeding their ideas. People just don't see it. Yes, I absolutely agree with you there. So when you're talking about that consistency, because that is a critical piece for entrepreneurs. What are, outside of consistency, what are some of the other habits that you have had to cultivate and put into place to make sure that you stay on track every day? Yeah, I would like to ask you some of these same questions because I'm curious <laughs> about what you do as well. Um, but some of the things, one thing that I consistently do is um, I feel like other business owners feel this way, but maybe they don't. Um, I have to be at the top of my own mental health in order to make sure that I'm leading my staff in a, an appropriate way, that I'm making good decisions for the agency, that I'm making good decisions for my clients. And so one of the things that I do talk a lot about is self-care. And that has become such a cheesy cliche um, and maybe rightfully so because we're talking about it so much, but I think we're talking about it so much because it's that important. Sure. Um, and so some of the habits that I've gotten into have been um, making sure that I take time for self-care. And it could even be like, take a quick shower if I'm frustrated with my kids or grab a, a glass of you know tea or a cup of tea. Um, sometimes it's get a massage. The other things I do to sustain um, creativity in my brain is I have notepads all over. I have one by my bedside. I have one in my kitchen. I have several in my office. I'm consistently writing ideas down. Um, and then other things that entail that are um, I really keep up to date with always trying to better my organizational skills. And again, I know that sounds kind of bland, but as a business owner, you are the leader for everybody that you lead. So if you're not on top of your game, it is definitely going to trickle down to the rest of your staff. Yeah, I absolutely, totally agree with that. Um, you covered another question that I typically ask, which is non-negotiables, and that usually falls into that absolutely my self-care is not negotiable. I have to have that first and foremost. Is there anything else in your life that is a non-negotiable? Um, 
you know, I feel like a lot of the things I'm saying are so cheesy, but they just really are so true, yeah. is that um, I've become very confident where my priorities are, and I've become very confident in making sure that those don't get jumbled. And so um, the cliche part of this is what I think of is that is not negotiable for me to make sure that my priorities don't get jumbled. And my first and foremost one, it's always my kids. Everything I do, I do for my kids. So when I work really hard, it's for my kids because that brings home my paycheck that feeds my kids, that pays for their hobbies, that pays for whatever they need. And so, um, you know, my priorities tend to be number one, kids. Number two is work. Number three is friends and family and everything else. And so that's been an interesting um, niche when people come into my life, when they start to realize that that is very much how I have my life structured, um, you know, for friends or partners or whoever else, is that that really is not negotiable for me, is that my kids are always first, my business is second because it feeds my kids, and then everything else is below that. Um, and I found that the friends that really become genuine friends um, are the friends that understand that, very similar to you, very similar to the friends that we share, is that um, they get it. They have compassion for where I'm at, and hopefully they feel like I have compassion for where they're at, too. So that really is a non-negotiable, is figuring out what my priorities are um, and then really not bending to make sure that those don't get jumbled. Yeah. Absolutely. I totally get that. So what are some of the ways, especially with COVID and that, I mean, that changed your entire business structure, I'm sure in so many ways that I, I haven't even thought of. Uh, I can only imagine, but what are some of the ways that you have uh, implemented things in your life to stay focused and moving forward, even through the hard times? Yeah, so um, I kind of want to answer this question in two separate ways. Um, first, that transition for our agency was honestly the hardest thing I have ever had to do because we had such a short time to transition. And I really want to um, give two people at my agency acknowledgments in this interview because I honestly could not have done it without them. Um, the first one is Jessica Housel. And she is our admin. She does everything. I mean, she is like our billing expert. And then Michelle Hopkins is one of the counselors on staff. March 13th was the day that everything hit the fan. And that morning, I was planning my daughter's 13th birthday party, which was supposed to be that evening. And it was. So we did the birthday party. And then Jessica and Michelle and I, we were like, we have got to write new policies we have to create new forms. We have to create new informed consents. We have to choose a HIPAA and high-tech platform online. So Thursday, March 12th, it started to hit the fan. The 13th, I'm in the midst of planning this birthday party, and Jessica and Michelle and I are starting to talk. And all throughout this day, we're brainstorming ideas. And then Saturday, we worked all the way through Saturday creating new informed consents, all the platforms, all the forms. We worked all the way through Sunday. And Monday, our office was closed and we were in telehealth. And so it took us 48 hours of basically working our butts off straight through that weekend. We went from Thursday closing the office, not realizing anything would happen, to Monday opening up telehealth. And we were super prepared. We wrote new policies. And I have never seen a team work as hard. Um, I just, I, So I just want to shout out to Jessica and Michelle because they were 
integral to that process. I could not have done it without them. Um, and then was your other part of that question, what do I do to maintain everything else? Well, yeah, just to stay focused and moving forward. I mean, you're a single mom and you're transitioning your business and you've got yes. employees. Like, how do you go, okay, this is what I'm going to work on. Yeah, so um, so I took a class about three years ago on self-care, surprise, surprise. <laughs> and in the, in the class, they were talking about plan a monthly self-care day. I was like, okay. And so that year for Christmas, being a single mom, I bought myself six massages. And I thought every other month, I'm going to go get a massage. Mm -hmm. So that was great for that year. Then that led me to thinking about what do we do for daily self-care? So in the last month, I actually wrote out in my calendar something every single day, uh, Monday through Sunday, of a little thing, like a half an hour thing that I could do at night. So some examples of that is um, a bath bomb one night, grabbing a cup of green tea and reading another night, um, getting some hot chocolate and coloring. Um, this last week I did a spa night where I just did an at-home facial and I conditioned my hair. And so I think as a single mom, the day gets really long sometimes. I'm working in the mornings and then being single mom in the afternoons. And then I have this one little half an hour of time that I put aside every single night to do something. So when it gets hard during the day, I'm like, it's okay because I'm going to go sit with a bath bomb tonight. It's okay because I'm going to read for 30 minutes tonight. So that has been really nice. And then another thing that has been really nice for self-care in regards to upkeep in the business has been I'm just really structured with my calendar. So I start off my mornings with I get up, I make myself some green tea, I read for a half an hour. Then I get the kids up and I make them breakfast, send them off to school, and then I go. And the first thing I started doing is emails. And then after that, I do work papers. And so that structure, being really fine-tuned with that structure, um, has kind of been a self-care for the business because it makes sure I get answers to people that need answers. I get stuff done. So I almost feel like there's a balance between self-care for yourself and as a business owner, self-care for your business to make sure the health of your business really stays on point. Yeah, I absolutely get exactly what you're saying. I have a very similar, you know, morning structure, like the same thing happens every single morning, just because it sets up my day. I know exactly where my biggest successes are. I know what is required to do those things. And it all because it's so routine at this point, it doesn't feel like a burden. It's just part of every day. Right. And the thing that I have really enjoyed the most has been making sure I have time to read in the morning. And I've been going through different books. Um, and normally I'll go through a book when I have time, but really putting aside 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, even a half an hour sometimes when I can afford that time um, to read has really helped me because reading helps me also generate ideas for my life and my business and my kids. So that would be one encouragement I give to everybody is schedule, even if it's only 10 minutes, schedule every day to read just a little bit. Yeah, that's so funny because I was just about to ask, <laughs> what is one piece of advice that you would give? Outside of the reason, uh, the reading, do you have anything else that you say is your best advice? Oh my gosh, there's so many things <laughs> I could say. Um, okay, let me think about this. Um, the best advice I could probably give um, would be around facing struggles, 
um, there have been struggles that I never thought that I would ever have to go through with this business. Um, and, you know, as you go through a struggle, outsiders see what they want to see, but they really don't see what's happening. Um, they see a piece of it. And so my best advice would be um, every struggle that led me to tears. And I thought, I, I honestly cannot do this. Um, but you have to, right? You're the only owner, so you got to get through it. Um, but every struggle that led me to think, I can't do this, I would start to just take one step to be like, okay, I can do this one thing. And then you get through the struggle. And on the other side of the struggle, I'm like, I am amazing. <laughs> I don't see that very often. But, you know, when you get through a struggle that is such a huge, giant mountain and you never think you're going to survive, and then you get on the other side of that mountain and you've accomplished the task and you've survived it and your staff is still there believing in you or forgiving you sometimes when you make those mistakes yeah. um, and you carry on, it is the best self-confidence builder in the world. So my advice would be um, there, there just really is no struggle that you cannot get through. You just have to think creatively enough about how to find that answer. And sometimes that's consulting or reading a book or Googling or just grabbing ice cream for a minute and not even thinking about it. But that would be my advice is that there is no struggle yeah. um, that you cannot get through if you, if you are willing to put in the time sitting and thinking and consulting and doing what you need to do to get through it. And it is such a huge confidence builder when you get through those struggles. Yeah, and I would say the other thing that I think is super, super important for people to take out of this, whether that success is big, like that big struggle or whatever, or if it is just the small wins of every single day, if we don't all take time to celebrate that, then what is it for in the first place? We've yeah. got to really learn to dig in and celebrate those successes in whatever way that works for you. You know, in, in your case, you've got a team. So that's, you know, that's a team celebration, you know, win or individual ones if it's just you that's working on a project. And then, you know, making sure that our employees are celebrated when they have their individual <laughs> wins. I just think that's so, so important because we all get into the grind constant of things that, that we've got going on. And if we don't take a moment to really, you know, really pat ourselves on the back, uh, no one else is going to do it for us. Yeah. You know, that's really true. And on that note, um, I think the thing that I'm worst, the, the worst at is, um, I, I am not one that likes to be on stage. I, that is not where I shine. I shine best behind the scenes. And so, um, when I have a success, it's rare that I tell a lot of people about the success. Um, but what I do is I have, um, a couple people that are the people that I go to when I'm struggling and when I'm successful. Um, and they are, I have two people really that I can think of that basically know everything about me. One person at work, one person in my family. And um, they have my back, whether I'm struggling or succeeding. Um, <clears throat> and that's kind of nice. And actually, I will say, here's a little piece of advice. So 
my friend in my friends group, I have two ladies that know 100% about everything about me. They know my deepest, darkest secrets. Um, that's important to have in your life. At least one person in your friends group, one person at work, and one person in your family um, that people can genuinely know you, whether you're struggling or succeeding. Um, yeah, that is just needed, especially for bosses, because yeah. employees don't see. I mean, you know, it's we do it for them. We do it for us. It's our paycheck, too. Um, but it's so important to have a team of people who can really push you on in yeah. struggles and successes. I totally agree. So one uh, one more question. Just tell us first, tell us a little bit about how people can reach you or your counseling services in case they are looking for that. Yes. So um, we are definitely accepting new clients right now. We just had, we hired a new counselor who specializes in kids um, 10 years old and under. Uh, she will also see adults, um, but she really knows a lot about play therapy. Um, so they can call us at 208-888-5905. Um, and we are offering telehealth services right now. Um, and it's super, super easy. So super convenient for whoever wants to give us a try. That is awesome. And my very last question, which is my favorite to ask because it's so important to me and I feel all of our community, is how do you give back? Yeah. Um, so again, I, I, I'm not, I, I hate being on the stage. Um, so I, I tend to give back really covertly. And I'll, I'll generally tell you a couple things that I've done this month. Um, when I hear of people struggling, um, we tend to, I tend to cover the cost of counseling. So I will reach out to that person individually. And there's been a couple times over our 10, 11 year history um, that there have been news stories that have really tugged on my heart. So I will contact the news and just ask them to pass on our number and let the person in the story know that we will offer them free counseling. Um, or, um, you know, just we, we hear stories come our way. And so one way we give back is um, offering free counseling here and there. And then other ways I give back, um, I, I, okay, so let me tell you this. I try to, to encourage our staff so that the staff can encourage our community. One of the things I did for them in COVID was uh, I got a bunch of flowers, flower bouquets, and I went to every one of their houses and I left them a bouquet with a little card of encouragement, especially when everybody was getting so discouraged and we weren't in routine. And so the way I gave back, um, I will sometimes leave little gift cards to Dutch for people that are struggling. Um, so I just do a lot of um, covert things because I really don't like to be. <laughs> big in my gestures. So things like that. <laughs> that is awesome. I really, really appreciate you sharing all of that. I don't think you have any idea how admirable your journey is, but I appreciate you being willing to sit down and chat with me so we can use this information to inspire others. Thank you for having me. All right. We will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to the My Wim Life Show today. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a moment of the goodness.